0: Welcome to the Crown Insider Podcast. Today we have a very special guest, Inder Singh. He is the Associate Head Men's Basketball Coach at Crown College. So, Inder, where are you from?
1: So, uh, I originally grew up in Mundelline, Illinois, which is a suburb north of the Chicago area. Okay. Uh, born and raised there in that same the suburbs area and then made my way out here.
0: And what led you to come to Crown College?
1: So for me, I got recruited for basketball, and I had a couple of visits uh, during my senior year, and it just felt like the right place for me, opportunity-wise, to get my degree. My family could afford it. I got a decent financial aid package, and I Mm -hmm. knew I could play for the basketball team right away.
0: Wow. So were there other college options out there for you, or how did you know Crown?
1: I was uh, so I was very proactive in my college search. I had a bunch of safety schools that were just like the big schools that you just go to and just in case you wanted to g- not play college basketball. Hmm. But I knew I was a Division three basketball player. I knew I wasn't going to get a big time scholarship or anything. So I made it abundantly cre- cre- uh, clear that I was going to look after just the private schools in the Midwest. Uh, I was willing to go anywhere in the country, but my parents made it well known that they wanted me within seven hours. Okay. And so, you know, the dream of going to California, Arizona, just stopped right away. <laughs> so my, my options were Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, and uh, Wisconsin. So that okay. you know takes this giant list down. and All, sudden, all pretty cold. They're all cold. And we're used to <laughs> it. And it's, uh, uh, my parents though still terrified that Minnesota's way too cold, even though it's exactly the same as Chicago. Like, is it really? It is. Like, I would say it's, You know, they got snow. We haven't got snow yet. Wow. uh, Yeah. And it's windier. Okay. But my parents still send blankets and parkas in the mail (laughs) just because Minnesota is so cold, apparently. Wow. And so for me, the decision for me was, you know, it was a lot of factors. And it's it's funny because Crown was always the last school that, like, stayed in my list. Hmm. So it was time to, hey, I want your top five choices. Mm -hmm. Crown was number five. Mm. Made the list. So Hmm. let's go take a visit to these five schools again. Let's cut it down to three schools. Right. And then it was crown after financial came out. Hey, these three schools we can afford. And I visited twice. And then okay. it was just my parents one day, it was like June of after my senior year, I already graduated in May and they're like, Hey, we're having your graduation party. We would really like to know where you're going to college. So hmm. we could buy streamers and like a hoodie <laughs> or anything, or just the idea of knowing where our son's going to college. That'd right. be great. Yeah. And I just woke up one day. I'm like, Hey, I want to go to crown. And it was, I knew I could play. Wow. Uh, the money made sense. Hmm. They had my degree. Uh, so it was just like, let's do this. And the idea of going to Minnesota, I thought was really cool. Just doing something different than everyone else in my friend group that was staying in Illinois or going to right. Indiana. So I was like, I was the only one going out to Minnesota. I'm like, I okay. think that's a little bit different. And it gives them an excuse to come see me too.
0: Hmm. Yeah. That's really nice. And what did you major in at Crown?
1: So I changed my major a few times, but I ended on physical education and health. And then okay. I minored in a few other things just cause I was just taking credits to stick around. And so <laughs> Uh, I always forget there's like a fine arts elective in there somewhere, maybe even a history elective uh, okay. or a, a minor. And uh, yeah, so I always pictured myself as being a small town FIA teacher, becoming a high school basketball coach and kind of hmm. growing a program from top to bottom from kindergarten through 12th grade. I was very inspired by my high school basketball coach. Okay. And uh, the impact he had on my life, I wanted to have on other people's lives. At no point did I ever think I was going to be in the college room trying to co- coach basketball in college. It's just Things were just worked out that way after graduation.
0: Wow. That's really amazing. In what ways did your high school baske- basketball coach uh, speak into your life and help you?
1: So he got hired when I was a sophomore. And for me, basketball was just kind of my second or third sport. And uh, so for when he showed up, he gave us this, the greatest like sports movie speech of all time about how we're going to change uh, things really? here. And he was like a motivational speaker. He just knew how to get you to run through a wall for Wow. Him. And for me, as a kid that was in that town, like we weren't really known for our athletics. We weren't really known for anything other than hey, that's just the school that's bad at things. Oh. And he was all about, he wanted the challenge and he took a group of kids that really believed in him and all of a sudden wow. you know, basketball became like the most important thing in my life in high school. And he just built something special there and it was all because he got kids to believe in something and they, we bought, we bought into the idea, if we work hard,
0: mm-hmm. good things will
1: happen. Mm-hmm. If we prepare, good things will happen. And it's what you put into it and... All of a sudden, all these guys that were football guys now became basketball guys. These guys that were baseball guys became basketball guys. Everybody wanted to want to play basketball because this coach was doing things the right way. And he just changed our town. And it just became such a cool thing where, like, when high school basketball ended and we played our last game in our section championship game or whatever it was, I was like, I don't want this to end. Mm-hmm. And I want to do what Coach has done for me because, like mm-hmm. I said, uh, I said earlier, like I was very shy in middle school, mm-hmm. and basketball brought out my personality, like allowed me to have more fun and be more vocal, and that led to off the court too. I gained a lot of confidence, and I made varsity as a sophomore. I get to hang out with the older kids, everyone wow. thought I was cool, even though I wasn't cool at all. <laughs> Became well. a little more chatty, a little more confident in what I did, and uh, uh, you know, it was just then it happened with my friends as well as they grew. I saw it in my younger brother, who's a year younger, yeah. and all of a sudden. I realized this basketball coach not just sparked, like, this love for basketball. I had a new zest for life. Like, I was always – I had a goal now. I knew what I wanted to do. And I'm like, if he could do that for some random Indian-American kid that never thought of a future in basketball, now he changed my life where I want to be a basketball coach and do the same for others. Mm. I thought that would be a really cool concept and a great career for me to have moving forward.
0: Wow. That's amazing. So have you been able to take all of that and then apply it to Crown and your job here?
1: Yes. I I was lucky enough, so I – after I graduated, uh, Coach Herbert, uh, you know, he was he was just done with his first year of coaching. He was 26, 27 years old, so he was just the baby And he was as well. your coach? Yep, he was my coach my senior year here. Okay. And so he was just hired brand new. He was the youngest coach in the NCAA at 26 years old. Wow. And his assistant left or wasn't able to help him the next year. And I just graduated. I was around, and he knew I wanted to get into coaching. He, he knew I was a smart player. Mm-hmm. He knew I had, you know, all these characteristics that could make, hey, maybe this guy is interested in college coaching. So he offered me a job. He had me come in, in the summer. It was just like a random day. He's like, hey, <laughs> I have this small uh, role for you. Like, it's my lead assistant. I just need someone to help me just because like, I can't coach 15, 16 guys by myself every day. And he's mm-hmm. like, you know, I want you to think about it. And I told him, like, hey, this is gonna, it's a tough decision because maybe I want to do this the high school level or middle school level. I knew the second that meeting happened that I was going to take the job. I wow. just wanted to act cool and give him like a week to, like, hey, I want I want to <laughs> process think about it. it. Yeah, I want to <laughs> yeah. talk to my parents. Like, I think I went to Target that day and bought a whistle.
0: Oh, oh that's great. And
1: I knew my decision. I told my parents, so, but I kept it cool for six days. I'm like, hey, I want to do this. Wow. And for me, like you know, everything I've learned in life was like, you know, if you're proactive, and you've set yourself goals and you move forward. Like I learned from my high school basketball coaches. So I took this job, and I remember thinking, I'm a volunteer. I'm mm-hmm. 22 years old. I'm coaching my friends, like literally roommates and stuff from a year before, and they have to take me seriously. <laughs> But I literally told Coach Herbert, like, I want to take on every responsibility you have for me. So when I'm here in the evening, I want to give it my all just because I want to see if I'm cut out to do this.
0: Hmm. And
1: so right away when I was 22, I took over recruiting. I took over the defensive side of the ball for a while. I started planning practices. I literally became his right-hand man and it helped wow. that I had a coach, you know, not only was Coach Herbert my old coach, but he became my friend, my mentor, and a guy that allowed me to, hey, make this what you want to make it. And then you know, I thought it was gonna be a one or two year deal, maybe a little bit, but God kept opening the doors. Crown kept opening doors for me to stay here full time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now I'm in year eight, which seems wow. crazy.
0: What were some of the challenges for you coming and having to step from teammate into coach and that transition?
1: Uh, the hardest part was honestly coaching your friends. It's, mm-hmm. uh, so I, we had a good group of juniors that year. So they were the sophomores the year before and I was a senior and I was one of the team captains, but I knew those guys really well. Uh, right. They've come home from spring break to my house in Chicago, wow. and I was the goofball. I was always the kind of a goofy guy on campus and uh, <laughs> always up to something, and so all of a sudden now they have to take me seriously as, hey, that's Coach Ender now, and I was lucky enough, Taylor Jones, who has been assistant for us and assistant, graduate assistant for softball, another alumni of Crown, hmm. he took me very seriously, and he was arguably one of our better players, and he made sure everyone else on the team, like, hey, Inder's not just Inder anymore. He knows what he's doing. He's very serious about this. Like, we have to take him seriously. Hmm. So it was nice having, like, an advocate for you on the team still. And yeah. he's arguably our best player and our captain. And he was just a great friend to me. And then he's also, he's just even a better player for me because he took me very seriously. Even though we were co-captains together, we were roommates for two years. Wow. And all of a sudden that guy's telling the younger guys and my old friends, like, hey, like, this guy knows his stuff. Let's, like, right. let's listen, listen in. Him. And And it was so hard, like, you know, transitioning from, I can't just hang out with the guys because they're my players. Hmm. And I'm starting to hang out with Coach Herbermore, who's got a wife and kids. Hmm. And I'm like, where do I belong there? And I think that was a hard transition the first couple of years because you almost feel yeah. like you're kind of by yourself. You don't want to prove yourself, but you're still – I'm 22 and 23 years old.
0: I right. still want to hang
1: out with my friends and play like Nintendo. Like, <laughs> that sounds great. But there has to be like some kind of, you know, some kind of boundaries there as a coach. Right. And uh, I had the AD, who also started like the same role, uh, Josh Dunwoody, a few years ago, who who's no longer at Crown. But he he had a meeting with me. He's like, "Hey, if you want to take this very seriously, you have to take yourself very seriously." Hmm. And so right away, like just separating myself from the players, and and they saw how much work I was putting into it. And yeah, then it was just after the first year, I felt like it was an easy transition. And obviously, with more responsibility, came a lot more things I had to learn, like recruiting, scouting. All those other things budgeting organizing logistics all those things that like coaching you it's not just x's and o's you're like oh. it's
0: been all of those skills together yep. Yep. wow which is really incredible um so how do you work to implement that character development on the team like practically what are you guys doing
1: so the biggest change for us so this is year nine for coach herbert year eight for me and our program has had some really good years has some really down years and I, w- I would say as we got older as coaches, we realized what's most important is about having kids on the team that not just want to come play for you as a coach and not play for the team, but also be a part of the crown community. Because that makes everything a lot easier, mm-hmm. simplifies our, uh, our expectations and what we have to do for these kids off the court you know while they're not in season. So w- we recruited for a long time. It was recruit anybody we could. like mm-hmm. We're gonna bringing as many kids as we can because like, I think when I was a sophomore here, we had like seven guys on the team. Wow. And uh, so like one of my first things was like, hey, if you want a job here as a GA, you have to build a GA team. I'm like, deal. I will recruit everybody. I'll make sure we have a JV team and please give me a job. (laughs) And so that was my goal for year three is like, hey, if I bring in enough kids, I have a job here as a graduate assistant. So my first couple of years, we're literally like, hey, like we just want to bring in decent kids that have Mm -hmm. some decent grades and we don't really care if they're good at basketball or not. We Mm -hmm. just need enough bodies so I could be here full time and, and change things moving forward. So lucky enough for us, when you brought in so many kids, we brought in, like, 18, 19 kids, and it was, like, lucky in my first year that, like, four of them were, like, amazing basketball players. So my fourth year, we had all these things just aligned perfectly. We had a volleyball girl's boyfriend transferring in from Wheaton as a senior. We had another guy transferring in from Athabas as a senior. We had Hmm. a a transfer come in from a school in Northeastern that we recruited the year before, and we had a good group of seniors. So all of a sudden in 2013-14 – we had a great team, and we made a run to the conference championship game, which was the first time Crowns ever made it that far in any sport. Really, wow. But it was kind of like a one-year wonder, like where a lot of things just aligned, and okay. we're just hoping, hey, you can't rely on this every year. That guys transfer in a volleyball girl on the team's dating a basketball <laughs> stud from Wheaton, like those that doesn't yeah, happen all the no. time. And he wants to be a CMA pastor, like all these things like lined up. But th- so the next year, we graduated a ton of guys. Some of those guys weren't great fits at Crown, and they you know they left. And mm-hmm. also, we're left with like a team of. Almost no one. So we went from a conference championship team to, I think, last place in the conference in the next year. Oh, no. And that's when Coach Herbert and I went back to the drawing board and like, right. hey, we've done a lot. We've had a big roster. We've had 25, 26 guys on the team. Uh, the school's very happy, obviously, that we have so many kids in the team and we're getting better. We went to a conference title game. But how can we make this success like longevity, like mm-hmm. a long-term play? Right. So starting in like 2015, 2016 – we really changed the way we recruited. We recruited higher ac- academic students. We did more of quality over quantity. And hmm. and we realized it made our life a lot easier too when the students got here that we had to pol- we didn't have to police them in uh, academics. So I don't have to spend every day working on looking at papers and making sure they're going to class. So if you bring in decent students with decent test scores, mm-hmm. they're going to take care of that. Right. And then the better we got, like those kids kept getting better. We were able to attract better kids. The school added more majors, the school updated facilities. So a lot of things aligned really well. So it was able to, it was easier for us to recruit a better kid, a better prospective student athlete. So then also we started getting these kids and we started having some expectations. So I think it was 2016, 17, we had a good team. It was like our best team, I thought. But we underachieved is because we lacked like a community culture, we felt like. So that next spring, we have a thing, we have called our team retreat. So it's all the guys are returning for the next year. So it's kind of our stepping stone to where we're going next year. And mm-hmm. the biggest thing we talked about was a lot of the freshmen, it's the, it's the freshmen that are, are now juniors here at Crown. So they were freshmen two years ago, and we talked about what's important to us. So we came up with this, this, we had this mantra of family, but what does that really mean? Hmm. You know, it's being excited for someone else's success. It's, with your family, you have good and bad days, but you're always in, you know, in your corner. It's a competitive culture that, hey, you scratch and claw every day at practice. doesn't mean it's personal. It means that we're right. just trying to get better as a unit.
0: Trying to sharpen each other. Almost.
1: So I think we went 8 and 17, and we had a nice freshman class. We had some returners. We had some talented upperclassmen. And the team became more about the team success, and they started policing the crown culture and the community culture as much as we did. So when you have player leadership and you had guys that really bought in, not to just, hey, we want to be good for the basketball team. We want to get good grades because basketball. So we have good grades. We can play mm-hmm. basketball. Mm-hmm. It was more we had kids that were very career-driven. We have a lot. We had a lot of... Uh, business majors, uh, nursing majors, exercise science, like any kind of department you name here at Crown, we had some prominent figures there and Mm -hmm. became leaders in that department. Guys that were in res life, guys that were in the school play, part of mock rock, were just more involved at Crown. And it was amazing. Even if we weren't playing great basketball, we had such a great turnout in our crowds and our home games were electric, even if we were middle of the pack kind of team. And so that just kept growing more and more. So we had a great retreat, I think in 2017, the spring of 2017, where we had like a giant whiteboard. We wrote all these things that your guys were talking about. And every little thing, it was like, it, it was not just what the team was gonna be. It, was, it became a thing where Coach Herbert and I were like, we have to recruit those things too. So mm-hmm. we have to fight for our culture all the time. So mm-hmm. our kids, like, we, we joke that every year, like in the first like two to three weeks of school or two to three weeks of basketball season, the kids that don't fit that culture just see themselves out. Mm-hmm. So every year we start with about 28 guys. We, we start out with 22 because six or seven of those guys, are not living up to that standard. So either they get offended that these guys are kind of like they're separated from them or they catch up to that standard. Like they're mm-hmm. like, Hey, I have to be like this or I don't. And as a coach, it's a dream that these kids, they wither away by themselves. You're like, Hey, I have 21 guys that are all about this. They're all about getting the class, going to chapel, behaving, uh, just treating people with respect, following the community covenant. And it's not perfect or anything, right? but it's, it's very important to our kids that to know, like, hey, we're, we have to be constantly growing and be very aware mm-hmm. of everything. And that you can't just be the basketball guys. Mm-hmm. You got to be great crown guys. Hmm. And that's been, I Is think. Is that
0: what you mean by get involved with the crown yep. community? Then? Because
1: it's, it's never a good thing where a, a student, like, even for myself, I was a knucklehead here a little bit. But because <laughs> it, part of it was because I chose crown because basketball. And only basketball for a large part of it. Like, 90% of my decision.
0: Right. So everything else
1: was just I kind of fought it, and I was like, ah, ah, that's a lot of chap, that's a lot of chapel. Ah, it's a lot of Bible. Oh, that's a lot of rules in that covenant. Oh no. Yeah. And so for me, like, uh, I started growing at the end of my sophomore year, because Mm -hmm. I got more involved at Crown. I bought into my faith. I bought into being more independent in my faith. Not just hey, my parents took me to church sometimes. Like, what do I do? Do I just go to chapel because it's mandatory? And is that all I'm going to do? Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things like I really like, so my experience at Crown changed as I got older and I want that to happen for all my players. So when you buy into the school, it's easier to buy into the basketball program because like if you've ever talked to Coach Herbert, you know he talks the talk and he walks the walk every day of his life. And and we have to be there. And we have. To, and I always feel like we, we're having more talks about accountability and standards. Like we lose a basketball game. We don't talk about that we lost. Hmm. We talked about how we didn't meet the standard of what we want to do. We win a basketball game. I think we won a game a week ago by fifteen. We didn't even talk about the win. We wow. talked about what we can do better and why we have to be better teammates. We have to be better people. We have to hold each other accountable, and we have to prepare better.
0: Because hmm.
1: winning by fifteen against that team is great, but there is going to be bigger challenges down the road. Okay. So you are always you are not satisfied. You are always looking ahead, and mm-hmm. you know. From I think we have twenty-two guys right now on the roster, and it's as good of a close knit. They're bought in, and they know what they're doing. And it's super nice that it's not just me and Coach Herbert have to do everything. So there's a culture there of community, of family, of just close, like just grit and gratitude and all these good things that's taken almost seven, eight years to build. And I feel like we're finally, hey, we're not just going to be good for a couple of years because we have some good players. We might be good for a long time because this is just the expectation.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. Have you seen that change happening in players on the team that was similar to what happened to you?
1: Yes, uh, I have. Uh, so there's so many guys that I'm proud of. Like now mm-hmm. last year, a couple guys graduated, and you see the growth from where they were. When because as a basketball coach, you recruit them when they're 17, and you're done with them when they're 22, 23 years old, and sometimes you know engaged, getting <laughs> married. So like they're very different from when they were 17, even physically, and especially emotionally, spiritually, right. Any other which way you can imagine, and so we've seen that turn. You know, a lot of uh, in a lot of those lives, and a lot of those kids are in the area still. That our alumni. They still come back. They come back for practices. They come That's back for great. games. And they also, you know, some of them host our kids for a Christmas uh, break meal because basketball teams here are back early on campus okay. by themselves. So That's a lot of our great. alumni host our guys, hey, you're having pasta dinner at so-and-so's house because they live in Mound. And mm-hmm. he just wants to give back to the team and connect with the team. So, you know, I think it helps that you have some consistency between me and Coach Herbert being here for so long that people know who we are. And then in recruiting, it helps, too, because if you have a better pr- product, you win more games all of these higher academic, higher ranked kids in the state are more interested in your program. And so I feel like even our recruiting numbers right now, I look at who's applied, who's might be coming here in the future. It's the best quality of people we've recruited in my eight years.
0: That's incredible. Um, I want to switch gears and just ask, uh, what is one of your favorite memories that you have from Crown?
1: Uh, so we had a... I was always the guy that was up to something, like a kind of another, like I was found a way to have fun. Yeah. And I don't understand. What does people, that mean exactly? For me, like <laughs> I organize events. So one of my things was we called it, it was just we had a karaoke night. Okay. And we rented out this place in Egan. They let us have this giant suite and like 25 crown kids would come. And it was just everyone pitches in $3 to like reserve the room for three hours. And uh, we called it Legendary Oki Karaoke. <laughs> and it was fun because it was like a bunch of random kids. and, that was such a fun night because I look at the group picture from that from like 10 years ago wherever it was. Yeah. I'm like, how did these 28 people get together and find their way over here? And it was, <laughs> and it was just so much fun. And in, in my group of friends, we were always known for doing pranks on, uh, on campus. Oh, funny. Uh, just, we were always around. I always joked like, you know you know who's <laughs> bored on campus? The boring kids.
0: Like <laughs>
1: You have opportunity always to do something. And I was lucky enough where I had a car. I had a bunch of friends that lived in the area with out-of-state kids. We had a healthy balance. But we were always together. And that okay. was made fun for. We had, we had like a basketball team date night. Like it was like a mandatory every Tuesday. Like you and your girlfriend or whoever you like has to go to Hopkins movie theater because it was like dollar dollar <laughs> admission to college kids at Hopkins. That's so, so every funny. Tuesday you had to bring a date. Wow. So if you're in the friend zone with someone, let's see if you can make it happen.
0: That's funny. Yeah.
1: So like we were always it was just, there was always like uh, routines, always something going on. So those those are my favorite memories with those same group of friends.
0: So you're just always doing something
1: then. Yep. Yeah. That was, that <laughs> always was, up to something. Yep. You're okay. Doing something and like I definitely. <laughs> Uh, fought it for the first year, but then like I used my skill set. I had a mentor here that helped me. Hey, like you have all these personality traits. Like, use it for good. Don't use yeah. it just to get out of trouble. <laughs> like, <laughs> use your powers for you know. With great power comes great responsibility. Kind of the Spider Man saying, and I know it's okay. not just Spider Man, but for me, like it was. It helped with recruiting. Like I knew, like hey, I I'm good at talking. I can read a situation. I can sell product. I can do this that. Like for me, like as a coach, it was like, oh. That's recruiting. Like I can recruit, like <laughs> mm-hmm. I, or like you know I could go sell something. Or I could sell insurance and be pretty good at it. So for me, like it was just it was a professor like that helped me like hey, don't use your charm or charisma or your personality just to get out of trouble and do the minimum. Like mm-hmm. that was what I was doing. Like oh, okay. I know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I started taking it more seriously and it, it aligned really well with my recruiting set. And like I became the guy that was known for recruiting at Crown. And then, and that just helped me stick around and op- open doors. And now not just in basketball, I'm also working in admissions too.
0: Okay, awesome. Well, Inder, thank you so much for being on the podcast and for your time. Uh, it's a really a blessing to have you, so thank you.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: This podcast was created by students in the content marketing team at Crown College. To contact us, send an email to marketing at crown.edu or find us on www.crown.edu. All material copyright 2019.